Hey there, sit down, make yourself comfortable, and grab a cup of tea. Welcome to the 19th episode of Thea's Tea. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, everybody, or welcome if you are new. Thanks for joining me. So for this tea talk, I am drinking something that I'm really excited about. Basically, I felt like I had hit a wall when it came to tea. I felt like I had tried every tea there was in my house. But today, as I was looking for tea... I found a new box and it had a bunch of different tea flavors that I did not know we had so I was super excited and right now I'm currently drinking some peach tea which is kind of like black tea infused with peach flavors so it does have a strong black tea taste which I'm not a fan of but it does smell really good and the label is super cute because it's a very pretty color. (laughs) And I'm drinking that inside of a Starbucks mug. It's just a nice tall white mug with the Starbucks logo. If you want to check out what that is looking like, be sure to head over to the podcast Instagram at the ST podcast. For this weekly update, I really don't have much to say. Something very big that happened recently is that we adopted another cat, which is so, so, so exciting. He is absolutely adorable. His name is Kiwi. He is two months old. He looks a bit like a tiger. And I say that we adopted another cat because, yes, indeed, I do have another cat. His name is Habibi. We've had him for two years and he's a nice black cat. So it definitely has been an adventure. I've learned a lot about like parenting, (laughs) believe it or not, because it's really interesting to like see how mature I was when we got this first cat and how mature I am now. And like now I really care about educating him in a good way, teaching him to not bite, to not get on the table and all of that stuff. Because with our first cat, we were kind of laid back with that. So we don't want that to happen again. But then I got really concerned because I was like, what if this is how I'm like when I actually have kids? What if I'm just like super laid back and unprepared with the first one and then I only start like getting on top of everything with my second child? I do not want that to happen. Hopefully I can learn from this experience because having a pet is very much, well, a bit (laughs) like parenting so yeah that has definitely been an adventure and it's also been kind of a struggle to make them get along because my cat felt very invaded which is understandable but he was kind of mean and then the new cat is really 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 playful because of course he's so young and my older cat is a bit more chill laid back and he doesn't fuss around so much so the younger cat kiwi is always trying to like pick a fight almost and Habibi is just not having it. So yeah, it's been really interesting to view that relationship grow and get to know Kiwi. Camera roll is now filled with pictures and videos of my cats. So yeah, that has definitely brought me a lot of joy. Another thing that I wanted to touch on is a very simple thing that I discovered. So basically, recently I watched a video by Lavendaire and she every month releases like a plan for the month with me and it's really interesting because you get to reflect on the past month and set all of your intentions for the upcoming month so this was the first time that I did like that journaling and followed her prompts and it's really interesting because that was very much oriented to establishing your goals thinking about how you're going to accomplish them and really making you think about that and I realized that it had been quite a while since I actually sat down and asked myself what my specific goals were and 
something that I've learned with time is that when you're establishing goals, you have to be very specific so that you can actually hold yourself accountable. And for instance, in my case, I wanted to really grow my podcast, but it's not just growing my podcast. I have to set specific numbers that I want to reach because otherwise I won't really be able to hold myself accountable. So anyways, it has been a while since I sat down and thought about my goals So that was kind of challenging because I don't believe too much in New Year's resolutions. I think that if you want to become a better person, you can do that any day, not just January 1st. Nonetheless, I still do them from time to time, but I still think it's a good habit to have and a good exercise to maintain probably like every beginning of the month because it's frequent and it's periodic so you can constantly check in with yourself and see how you're doing but what I learned from this experience is that if you take the time to establish what your goals are it makes it so much easier because you'll actually have them present and take actions towards accomplishing them because you're like hey you have this goal you can't forget about it for instance I had one of my goals for this month was to go through a bunch of music that I want to listen to I have a bunch of screenshots on my phone of like songs people have put on their Instagram stories and things I've shazammed which I haven't got to listening to and I've had that since April okay and I put that in my goals for this month and just by having it there I was so much more responsible with it and I've already gone through a couple of songs so I just want to show you that asking yourself what you want to accomplish is a huge part of the process and once you have that very clear it's easier for you to start taking actions and steps towards accomplishing it so if you feel like you're in a rut make sure that you take the time to establish very clearly what your goals are what you can do to actually achieve them and you'll surprise yourself. So something really big that I did, and I've heard this a lot, but basically so many people emphasize the importance of sharing your goals with people so that they can also help keep you accountable. And it's a really good technique because that way you're not just like relying on yourself, but it's also like, oh, this other person knows about it, so I need to accomplish it. And it's a really good way to like keep you on your toes and keep you responsible of it. So I told one of my good friends, Sarah, because I know that she supports me and that she's here for me and that she genuinely cares about what I want to achieve as a person, as a podcaster, as a student, and that she's just really there for me with my goals and she likes to hear about it. So I felt like I could trust her and share that with her and her reaction was very positive. So again, if you feel like you're in a rut and you're not accomplishing your goals, I recommend you share them with somebody like a sponsor so that they can keep you accountable and just make sure that it's somebody you trust and you know you can confide in. Lastly, for my weekly update, I wanna talk about the day I have had, which frankly has been terrible. (laughs) Now, it was just packed with a lot of struggles and I guess the biggest thing that happened was that I am going to be really open here, really honest, vulnerable, everything. (laughs) And I got back the results of a test which I had failed and it was just scarcely, you need, three is the passing grade at my school and I got 2.9 and it was the first grade I had failed in months. So I had like a really good streak going and I was really proud of myself and one of my goals for this month was actually to maintain that streak and to not fail anything which happened unfortunately but you know and it just hit me really hard because ugh, I don't know I was just very disappointed in myself I felt like the whole class was a mess and there was so much going on it was very chaotic so I cried so much I just burst into tears and I feel like being at home kind of like 
makes that easier. If I had received that result in school, I would not have cried. I would have just like brushed it off and been cooler about it. But since I'm at home and nobody saw me, I just like burst into tears. And it was, it had a big impact. For instance, after that in break time, I usually get a bunch of work done in break, but I needed to stop, just sit down go through my feelings and handle all of that so I took a pause I took a break I didn't do what were my priorities at the time which was school and I focused on myself and on my well-being and even though I felt a bit guilty afterwards I knew that it was the important thing to do that I did the right thing that focusing on my well-being is so much more important so yeah you know that kind of had me bummed for a couple of hours but when school ended I was like no I am not putting up with this anymore I'm gonna turn the day around and if I'm honest I was quite lazy to start planning and recording this episode but I was like you know just do it motivation is not going to fall from the sky so you need to be disciplined and kind of do it yourself and take care of it yourself so I sat down and I started typing and planning everything out and I did things that make me feel happy like organizing the kitchen and did things with intention like planning this episode picking out my tea and I feel like things are turning around and I am more calm, more at peace. So yeah, this is just a little piece of motivation. If you are going through something similar right now, it's never too late to turn anything around. Even if it's 10 p.m. at night, you can still make those last few moments of your day better and worth it. Obviously, negative things will come, but don't let that stop you. You can always fix things or fix your attitude. Okay, so time for the weekly favorites. This week, I bring to you a podcast, a quote, and a video. Let's begin with the podcast, which I am so incredibly excited to talk about. Now, the podcast is called Jem's Coffee Shop. If you know Jem, the YouTuber, she does like study videos and productivity videos, and she is iconic in so many ways. She released a podcast, and I love it so much for so many different reasons. Let's begin talking a bit about the quality. Oh my goodness. Now, I typically don't realize like differences in mics and quality and all of that stuff when I listen to podcasts, which is odd because I have one myself. I should know about this, but honestly, everything sounds the same to me. However, with Gems podcast, I can definitely sense a difference. It just like the sound is so crisp, I guess, and it's so soothing to hear. I feel like in podcasting, something really important is to have a nice voice and she definitely has it. Her voice is so relaxing. It's so soft and it's so awesome to listen to. She could talk about whatever, literally anything in the world and I would enjoy listening to her podcast 100%. So for instance, this morning I listened to it while I made myself breakfast and I ate it on the balcony and that was just such a highlight in my day because it was so soothing and as I said, her voice is absolutely amazing. The quality is incredible. So I loved listening to it. Also, the content she talks about is so real. I feel like she talks about almost like self-help topics, but in a way that is so helpful because it's not judgmental, it's not harsh, it's not, oh my gosh, you have to be doing this. She's just really real. And she talks about her experiences, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, and it just makes you feel like you're not alone. And I feel like in the media, it's so important to recognize the quote-unquote negative things. And she does an excellent job at sharing that and what she learns from those experiences and her advice. I guess she really sheds a light on important topics which need to be discussed more like resting without feeling guilty, comparison, and so many other things. She releases episodes every Tuesday and they're from like 10 to 30 minutes, so it's a really nice length. And her cover art is absolutely gorgeous. It really 
visually exemplifies the vibe that I get from listening to her because as I said her voice is so relaxing and it's just a very calming safe space and I think the artwork definitely represents that perfectly it's amazing but it just really matches up with what she talks about so I definitely recommend you check out this podcast now for my quote I apologize in advance because I cannot remember where I heard this from usually I try to always like be on top of those things and remember where they are and write it down but I don't know why this just completely slipped my mind but I still wanted to share it with you guys and it says just because people look fine doesn't mean they are fine and I think that is very important I've talked about it a lot on my podcast but it's important to realize that what people are projecting or what they put on social media is what they have curated themselves they handpick what they want to share and that's not reality you know it's just a very small fraction of what they're going through And that should really show us to be compassionate to people and always be kind because we don't know what internal battles they're going through. We wouldn't want to just be really insensitive and harsh without knowing how their life is going. So that's important to be mindful about it too. But I also just wanted to remind you guys that what we see on social media is not true all the time, you know. Don't feel inferior when you see all of these supermodels or these people who have their lives altogether because I can guarantee, okay, scientific fact, that is not real. Everybody has struggles, everybody has rough patches, so it's important for you to remember that and to always hold that present in your heart. So yeah, just really want to remind you of this quote and the beauty that it entails. Just remember that everybody can be going through their own things, no matter how fine they seem. So always try to be gentle and kind and think about how your words are impacting people. I think that one of my ultimate goals is to be that person that people can count on to feel listened, to feel heard, to feel respected and supported. So I try to manifest that in my daily behaviors and the daily ways that I treat people so that they always feel like they can come to me and that like I won't harm them or be rude to them, which is obviously a struggle, easier said than done. I'm definitely not perfect at it, but I'm really trying to get on that path. Lastly, I want to mention a very specific video which I saw a couple of weeks ago and to be honest, I have not stopped thinking about it. I feel like the message is so important. So the video is called How to Make Better Decisions to Improve Your Life and it's by Michelle B. First of all, I love this creator. She does a bunch of like self-help and personal growth videos on YouTube and they're really short with very specific things. Like what I love is that they're so to the point. She doesn't like ramble. She just gives you very specific things that you can follow to make your life better but this specific video really transformed me because she said that whatever you're doing in your life should be based off a decision and a lot of the time we're like in a gray zone where we're just thinking about our decision we're thinking about what we're going to do for instance we know that we have to study for an exam but instead of asking ourselves am I going to study or not we just sort of postpone it for a long time and end up scrolling on social media kind of ignoring what we have to do but we haven't explicitly taken the decision to do it. So while we're doing that, we feel guilty because we're like, oh, I should be doing this. So it's just a matter of asking yourself what you're going to do and sticking to that. If you choose to study for the exam, then perfect. Do that and you won't feel bad. But if you choose to give yourself a break, then consciously make that decision and don't beat yourself up. Because the problem with the example that I put was that you 
didn't take a decision you were kind of like in the limbo like oh I kind of know that I should do that but not right now and you weren't like fully proud of the decision that you took so this is an invitation to be proud of whichever decision you do take and make sure that it brings you joy and just take the decisions that need to be made don't avoid that because it won't bring you peace knowing that you're doing something without fully having almost like committed to it or accepted it Diving into the proper topic for this week, I first off want to thank my good friend and loyal supporter Miguel for requesting this topic because I think it's really interesting to talk about. Basically, this stems from an episode that I did a couple of weeks ago where as I was recording, I was talking about this thing that I was doing simultaneously and I was downloading some applications that I needed in order to code and to do this project for a course I was taking and it was not working. So even though I was recording my podcast, I was so stressed and I was up updating you guys throughout the episode being like oh my gosh this isn't working this is working what's happening so I talked about how frustrated I was and Miguel asked me if I could do an episode talking entirely about frustration how I deal with it what I've learned and I thought that was an amazing idea so I am doing it today enough to share a bit of the structure that I thought about for this episode I realized that frustration is extremely broad. It can come in so many different scenarios and it has such a different nature each time and I think we have to approach it in a different way each time. So I'm going to be looking at a couple of scenarios that I commonly go through which are manifesting different types of frustration and talking about what I've learned from them, how I think you can confront them in a good way, sort of my tips, how to deal with it in the healthiest way possible. So those three aspects that I'm going to talk about are when you feel like you are all over the place, you have so much on your mind and you don't know where to start. Also, don't feel like you can focus on one thing at a time. The second kind is when you are frustrated because you have to redo something. And the third one is when you're frustrated because you feel like you have no control. I know this is a podcast, but I was literally doing hand gestures, putting up one finger, two fingers, three fingers. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been doing this for a while, but I still get mixed up in that sense and do a bunch of hand and facial gestures, thinking that you guys will actually be able to see them, which is kind of sad and embarrassing. So yeah, knowing a bit that kind of structure and how today's episode is going to play out, I think it's time for us to begin. Okay, so the first type of frustration that we'll be tackling today is that kind of frustration that happens when we have our mind in a million places at once and we need to get stuff done. So this happens to me all the time. I join so many different things and I have so many things in my mind, so many things to respond to, people to respond to, stuff I need to get done and it is definitely overwhelming from time to time. So my mind is oftentimes clouded with all of those things and I've had to learn to manage that in the best way. So I'm going to share what I've learned from that. I guess the main thing is that I've had to teach myself to be entirely devoted to what I'm doing at that moment. So for instance, if I'm in class, it's focusing on class, listening to what the teacher is saying, taking the best notes I can, asking questions, being very involved in that sense, and not thinking about all the things I have to do the minute the class ends and all of the other things that I have pending. It's just don't do that. It's really deteriorating your attention span, your mental peace, your productivity, the quality of what you're doing. It has so many disadvantages. So do yourself a favor and be present in what you're doing. 
you're in that class, you know, there's nothing else you can be doing at the same time. So the least you can do is invest yourself fully into that activity so that you can get the best out of it. If you're just thinking about all the other things you need to get done, that is a waste of your energy and your focus because by thinking about them, you're not even getting them done. So instead, put that energy and that attention and that focus into what you're doing at the moment and it will result in a much better accomplished task or a much better understanding of the information your teacher is trying to share or whatever. It'll just make for the activity you're doing to be much more successful. Kind of following that line of ideas, multitasking sucks, okay? I don't care what you tell me. Multitasking is a terrible idea any day, at any time. I have experienced situations where I want to multitask precisely because I have so many things I want to get done and I think multitasking is a solution. But let me tell you, it is not. I only do it in some very vague situations where I literally don't need to devote too much attention. For instance, I'll listen to a podcast while I wash the dishes or I'll watch a video while I'm coloring, you know, stuff like that. But I do not recommend doing homework from one class while you're listening to another teacher speaking or stuff like that because they are two very important, very different tasks and you're disrespecting both of them by not being fully invested. Just really take care of your productivity by doing one thing well at a time. When I multitasked, I would end up with a bunch of mediocre tasks. And I mean, hey, just like, listen to this. Even if I'm not multitasking, I can still end up with some really mediocre pieces of work. So just imagine how much that is impacted when I do try to multitask. That's all I need to say. (laughs) But yeah, I guess my point is just really like, Whether it's listening to somebody speaking or watching a video or a TV show or whatever, or doing one piece of homework or working on one project, whatever it is, it deserves your attention. You're doing it because you either committed to it voluntarily or because it's something that you need to do. And the least it deserves is your respect. And the way you can show that thing respect is by focusing only on that while you're doing it. I think that beyond not producing your best work multitasking is bad because it's disrespectful it's like saying that you don't care enough about one thing to completely be focused on it and i think that's really sad that's really heartbreaking no matter how many things you have in your mind i do not think that's a justification for starting to juggle them all at once at the same time if you feel like you literally have no alternative then that's maybe a sign to drop a couple of activities or redesign your schedule or whatever but i think that the way you should manage your life is just being able to focus on one thing at a time. It will make for so many more benefits. Your mind will be more present. And I've listened to a podcast. I will, of course, link it down below, like everything I mentioned. But it basically said that the best ideas come when you reduce the amount of factors that you have distracting you so if you have a bunch of things going on you won't be able to produce your best work because your mind is at a million places at once it's focusing on a bunch of different things but if you just took care of yourself in the sense that you let yourself focus on one thing at a time without feeling like you have to do a bunch of other things or feeling guilty for just doing one thing you know that shouldn't be the norm the norm should be to do one thing and to do that thing right As I was saying, if that becomes your standard, I think you will notice not only an increase in your work, but an increase in your mental peace and in your satisfaction because it's exhausting to have your mind sort of split in different screens all at once. 
and that will take you longer to produce the tasks, you know? If you just focus on one thing, you can be entirely devoted to it, give it much more energy, much more attention, and get through with it quicker than you think. Whereas if you're doing all of these things at once, you won't be able to completely finish one thing and give it your full attention and then move on to the next. It'll just be a big mess and jumble. So I think I've expressed my hatred for multitasking pretty well, (laughs) or at least enough for today. So please take my advice and stop multitasking. I think something that can be applied to kind of like cut off your addiction to multitasking is developing the habit of making to-do lists. I know this is such a cliche, people always mention it and you're probably sick of hearing it, but please hear me out. I thought about putting this in this episode for a very specific reason that I have noticed within myself and it is that when I write a to-do list, my mind feels so much more free. I'm a one on the Enneagram and we are very organized, very systematic when we do our things and we love 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 to-do lists so I do to-do lists pretty much every single day and the reason I thrive off of them is because I free my mind I don't have to be worrying about remembering every single task I have to accomplish because I wrote it down on paper and whenever I'm like okay what do I have to do next I can just take a look and realize what I have to do and again this really helps with what I mentioned earlier about not thinking about all the other things you have to do while you're doing one if you're in a class and you remember oh i have to do this then write it down in your planner or on your reminders and leave it there and focus on your class and then when you have time to do a new activity and to start your next task you can look on it and remember everything but i think it is so exhausting so draining and so stressful to try and remember everything you have to do so just do yourself a favor and write things down so that you don't explode your poor little brain and you don't forget anything that you have to do. So those would be my general tips for that specific type of frustration from having a million things in your mind and not being able to focus. Hopefully that can help you narrow attention a little bit to one specific thing so that you can completely devote yourself to it and then move on to all the other tasks you have and be productive in doing that. Now I'm going to talk to you guys a bit about the frustration that comes from having to redo things. Now I don't know if this is just a me thing that I'm like so stubborn. I'm a Capricorn so I'm pretty stubborn but um, yeah I still wanted to talk about it. If you can relate then that's great. I'm glad I'm not alone but if you don't relate to this I am proud of you and I applaud you because This is a very, this is very much a mindset of conforming to things and being kind of like lazy, which I think is really unhealthy and it's preventing you from growing. So I'm kind of like at an internal conflict with this, sort of trying to get over it and stop like thinking that I'm this queen that always does things right and that can never make mistakes because that is definitely not the case. I just need to step off that pedestal and be able to recognize my mistakes and fix things when I need to. Sorry, that was a bit of a ramble, but I felt like I needed to express kind of my relationship with this. So what I mean when I mention this type of frustration is that sometimes I perform a mediocre task and I get upset when I'm asked to improve it. So if I'm doing like this group project and I really didn't do my best and the team is like, oh, could you maybe redo this? I get really pissed. In reality, that should definitely not be the case. If anything, I should be grateful that I'm being presented the opportunity to grow, to do better, to improve and 
that I'm getting a second chance, you know? Because a second chance will always be better than having that taken away from you and having to be stuck with something that you know deep down isn't good. This is really reminding me of my episode on the importance of dissatisfaction where I talked about turning your discomfort into action and not letting that take the best of you. The problem is that a lot of the time we lie to ourselves and we tell ourselves that we're great in every aspect, but in this case of frustration, I think it's important to just realize and remind yourself that you're not perfect and that making mistakes is normal and if you do make a mistake and you get the opportunity to fix it, bro, like embrace that. You are so incredibly lucky and you are privileged to, for instance, be in a school environment where you can redo things. But if you screw up at work, then you could be fired. You know, it's just like, I I feel almost silly talking about this because I know that I have kind of like an arrogant attitude towards it, but I need to really talk about it to be able to make some breakthroughs and figure out why my behavior is like this and what I can do to fix it. So I think that a really big part in this are two strengths and two qualities that I really admire, and those are being flexible and being in a growth mindset. Now, as I said, when I am in this attitude, I'm stuck in a very like conforming mindset where I don't even want to do things twice. I just want to like stick to the first way things came out and I don't care about improving it or fixing it but what I really should be focusing on is exactly that finding new ways to fix things to tweak things and not being lazy not limiting myself not being like oh yeah yeah that first try is good but allowing myself to explore allowing myself to do things differently and to learn really just leaving that pride aside because pride is a monster that eats you all up and takes away the good childlike qualities that we all must conserve throughout our whole lives and just being able to recognize ourselves and our mistakes and our weaknesses. So I think that in this process, what really must reign is being self-compassionate about your mistakes, understanding that sometimes they can happen and not beating yourself up too hard on them. And don't get tired of wanting to be good. Again, it's like I said, don't settle for things when you know that you could do better. I think it's really important to kind of like keep that thirst alive and not get tired of seeking to improve because it's very easy to fall into that rut and be like, it's easier to just be mediocre because it totally is. That's why being an overachiever is so draining and exhausting. But the thing is, we can't let that thirst run out or that thirst kind of dry because I think that drive (laughs) will definitely lead us on a path where we're constantly growing, learning, and improving, and I feel like that's the meaning of life. We can't just settle and conform to things which we know could be better. So this is my invitation for you to do that. So in the example I put earlier, I talked about a scenario where it was like a teamwork, and I think that has a very serious implication which I want to touch on. And if a team member or a peer asks you to redo something or whoever it is that asks you to redo something, don't let that situation ruin the workspace vibe and energy that you had just because you're pissed with that person. I mean, they're just the bearer of the bad news, basically. So don't take out your anger at them. Don't start arguing with them. Chances are probably deep down, you know that your work was not the best and that you could have done better. So it does not come at a surprise when people confront you about this. So do yourself a favor and don't do something that you'll regret later. Just be mature, accept your mistake, be humble 
and fix it and then get back to the person you know there's no need to explode on them to be super mean and rude and disrespectful just assume your mistake and fix it you know it it doesn't need to get out of hand those would conclude my tips for this second scenario of frustration again i'm really confused does this happen to everybody is it just me please let me know (laughs) because it's definitely something that i'm not proud of having and it's just it's it's being lazy man basically but yeah hopefully these tips help you and hopefully i can apply them too and get out of this bad habit that i have the last type of frustration that i'll be covering today is that of not having control so i see this most of the time when i'm talking to somebody and they're really upset about another person's suffering and it's basically like oh my gosh i feel so unpowerful like i wish i could help this person i wish i could fix their pain And it's just, they so desperately want to help, which is such a good deed. It really shows how big their heart is. But I know this will be hard to hear, maybe even controversial, but healing comes from the person who is in pain. You as an external person cannot fix them. You cannot make them feel better. You cannot heal them. That relies entirely on them. You you're not like this fairy this godmother there to fix every single person even if you feel like it even if you feel like it's your responsibility that's not your job and of course it's important to be compassionate when somebody you care for is struggling and i'm going to talk a bit about how you can help them but it's not your job to fix them to make their lives better understand that if you care for them their pain can almost become your pain and that really shows how good of a person you are but you need to understand that the limit comes when your integrity starts to come at risk and basically what i'm trying to say is you can help this person in other ways but you don't need to fix their problem you don't need to heal all of their scars that's not your job and it's not your responsibility What we can do is be there and listen as their friends or their family or a person that cares for them. What we can do is pretty much limited to that. When people are going through hardships that really can't be solved and what needs to be solved is your attitude and how you feel towards it, you really can't do anything. You can't go into their brain and flick a switch or whatever what you can do is from the outside be a person that they know they can go to for support free of judgment be there and listen i saw this post on instagram and it was like we really need to normalize not telling personal stories that relate to a subject when people come to you for advice and i'm definitely guilty of this but i know how annoying it can be and i think that's totally important so if somebody you know is struggling be that ear that they want to speak to because they know it won't judge they know it won't make it all about them and they know that it will provide what they want and a lot of the time what they want is solely to be listened to and for us to reassure them and be like i can't understand your feelings because i'm not in your position but i sympathize with you i'm here for you i want to accompany you in this journey i want you to be able to count on me i want you to be able to think that i can support you I can't imagine how you must be feeling, how hard what you're going through could be, but I want you to know that I'm here for you every step of the way and that I want to be a part of your healing process. I don't know, something like that. And I think that's pretty much all we can do. That's kind of like our limitation because as I said, we can't 
fix or rewire this person's brain. And even if this person doesn't want to open up if they live with you or if you decide to go visit them, just being there, I've heard, is really important with the people that are in my life that have struggled. I've tried to apply this and just even if they don't want to talk, sit with them be with them, I don't know, buy them ice cream, that will make them a bit happier. <laughs> but it's letting them know you're there. And in the example I presented, I verbally expressed that I would be there for this person. But if this person doesn't want to open up and you don't feel like talking is the best solution, just be there for them. Sit with them and let your action of being with them speak for itself and let this person realize like, oh, you know, this person really cares for me and they want to be there for me. I appreciate this immensely. Thank you for standing by my side. So yeah, I feel like when a person you love is struggling with this and you feel frustration because you can't fix it, it's important to remember that within your abilities as a friend, as a human being, what you can do is not that much. So really focus on cultivating what you can do and making that other person feel comfortable. It definitely is hard to watch a loved one suffer but again, what you can do is be there for company and don't worry about doing more for them because you literally cannot. It's impossible. We do not control the way the universe works and you can't undo whatever it is that happened to them, but you can be there for support. And I know how frustrating it can be thinking that like you can't do anything and frustrating to see this person suffering so much and know that you can't fix it for them. But that's not what the universe intended us to do or what God intended us to do if you believe in God. I think the universe is designed in that way for us to be able to strengthen our people skills and to understand that we don't always have to do, do, do and fix people's problems. But sometimes what we need to do is simply support, simply be there and that will be enough and that will help the person to some extent. But the real healing that that person needs will come from within, from their own heart. And you as a friend, supporter, loved one, family member can sit by their side and let them know that you're there, but that's all. So kind of accept that, try to learn from it and really focus on crafting the skills that I did mention because they are reliable, you can count on them and you can always apply them. So it's important to become good at them. So yeah, frustration from seeing a loved one in pain is definitely hard. It's, I think, one of the toughest things on the planet. But you gotta learn to deal with it, not beat yourself up too hard for not fixing their every problem and really understanding that healing must come from within and you can be there for that person, support them, be company, whatever, but that's pretty much all. To conclude, I want to restate a couple of main ideas. The first one is that frustration is really broad and each situation demands a different reaction. So learn to understand your feelings, what your body is asking you for, and ask yourself what the healthiest way to confront that is. It takes practice and trial and error, but remember that you are your number one fan. <laughs> you should be rooting for yourself constantly and wanting the best for yourself. So kind of like try to keep that in mind whenever you're deciding how you're going to deal with frustration and try to take the decision that will benefit you the most. Second, learn to cultivate your calm. 
Recognize your power and limitations in certain situations and don't try to exceed them. We're human beings and we're not gods. We can't do all of these amazing things. So we need to understand that there are some things which are completely out of our power. Once we do that, we need to let go and stop worrying about things that we can't control. You can't resuscitate your friend's mom that died. I don't know. It's just we have limitations. And once you recognize them, that will bring you to a healthier place because it'll lead you to ask the question, okay, what can I do from the position I'm in? Which is such an important shift. Once you recognize what you can't do, you can focus on what you can do and think of a game plan that you can actually carry out as opposed to something that's humanly impossible. Third, try to be good in your roles, whatever they may be, student, employee, friend, family, peer, and grow your values. In every scenario that I explained, you were occupying a different role. And I think really what you have to learn is to be the best you can at that specific role. As a student, you need to cultivate certain qualities like responsibility, discipline, curiosity, respect for your teachers. And as an employee, you need to think a little bit more about being reliable, organized, accomplishing deadlines. As a friend, you should be loyal, you should be respectful. And you should be non-judgmental. Same goes for a family. And as a peer, you should have excellent communication skills, creativity, and flexibility. So again, all of those different roles require very particular qualities, I guess. And you really have to learn to harvest them and to cultivate them. The first step is definitely recognizing which qualities you want to strengthen, which qualities you need, which qualities you already have, which ones you need to work on. And once you have that clear, as I said at the beginning of this episode, the first step is setting your goals and then you'll be much more on top of them and you'll surprise yourself. So I think that the solution to really any kind of frustration is learning to cultivate the skills that that frustration will demand as a response. For the last segment of the day, I will be, of course, reading a review. Don't forget that you can rate and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me grow. I would appreciate it if you took a few minutes to do that. And I read the reviews on here so you will get featured. But today I'm not exactly reading a review. I'm reading some feedback that Christian Arnold sent me. Now, if you remember a couple episodes back, I mentioned in my favorites a video by Christian Arnold where she kind of did a mental health chit chat. And I really praised it because I felt like she covered so many important topics and she had so many messages from the Black Lives Matter movement that I really picked up and learned from so I mentioned it on here and she responded to me saying this hi there I just listened to your podcast and I wanted to thank you so 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 much for shouting out my video I'm extremely touched that it impacted you enough to share with your own audience also the cover art of your podcast is so cute now this message really made me happy because as I mentioned in that episode Christian's video really impacted me and I admire her so much for the bravery of admitting those things and speaking them so clearly so i really appreciated that she took the time to listen to my podcast and write to me and her gratitude just exemplifies what any good creator should have just always being humble and grateful and kind so i'm really blessed to have been in contact with such an incredible person talking about the cover art thank you so much it was designed by my good friend on instagram at sofia arrubla creative 
knife she designed my beautiful cover art which I love and admire and I love saying it every week <laughs> so yeah I will have her Instagram linked down below if you're ever interested she is such a talented artist and she's a really good worker she's just she has a lot of the values that I mentioned today and she's responsible and she has such an amazing eye and an amazing taste so I definitely recommend her you can even just follow her Instagram. She posts some really cool stuff on there. And yeah, that's pretty much everything I wanted to share with you today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. I hope you picked something out of it. Well, that's about it for this episode. I would like to clarify that I am not a specialist. Everything I share is based off of my experience and what I've learned. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at theastpodcast. I'm very active on there. It's a visually aesthetic platform built with interactive spaces for us. Please tag me on your stories and send me pics listening with your tea. Also, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. <laughs> Whatever your platform lets you do, it would help me out a lot. Because reviews are the only way I can start growing, getting recommended to new people, and being included in rankings. Plus, I read reviews here, so if you want to be featured, be my guest. Go ahead and spread this episode with any friends or family you think will like it. I would love it for you to share your thoughts on this podcast. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor or through my email, theastypodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out for business inquiries and set up sponsorships through there as well. Make sure to check out the show notes. There's a bunch of fun stuff listed down there alongside with links to everything I mentioned here today. Remember, you can join me every Thursday for a new episode, including the last one of every month with a guest and an additional bonus Q&A every month. Thanks for tuning in. Have a beautiful week. Mm -hmm.